Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. It's our time. I think Peter would, would say, another way of saying it's our time is that uh, we, are, we are a chosen race. We are a royal priesthood. Uh, part of the doctrine of, of what we believe in as, as followers of Jesus Christ is that we are priests. I'm going to try to explain that for you this morning because for, for most people, when you hear the term priest, you have different visions of, uh, than, than what God is actually wanting us to see when we are known as priest. One of the doctrines that we believe in is called the priesthood of the believer. And uh, I've, I've written that on your paper there just so you can have it and see it. Uh, and we're going to try to unpack that this morning. Essentially, though, but what, Paul, what Peter is saying by calling us a royal priesthood, what he's saying is that we are, uh, have been upgraded. Uh, our lives have been transformed. We are no longer the unchosen or, or the unholy. We are now priests. We've been chosen. We've been selected by God. We are significant now. Uh, we've been moved from shame to respect. Uh, God has upgraded us. I don't know if you've ever been upgraded in life, uh, maybe on a plane. Uh, I tell you what, when I was a student, uh, just trying to, to get degrees, trying to finish my education, I was poor as what some people would call as poor as Job's turkey, or maybe you know uh, him as Job. I'm not sure how you know him, but, but as poor as Job's turkey, I had nothing. Everything that I owned, I actually had a car, which is, you would think, well, then you're not that poor, but everything I owned could fit uh, in my Volkswagen. I had a Volkswagen Golf. In the States, it was branded as a rabbit. So <laughs> it actually had a symbol of a rabbit on the side of the... We didn't have a golf symbol. We had the rabbit. So I had a, I had a Volkswagen rabbit, and everything I owned could fit in that vehicle. Finished university, went off to get to higher degrees, and went to another city, and had to get a job so I could pay for my education, pay for my life. And so I only bought the basics, food. I didn't have any furniture, but I did have a place to live, shared a flat with a friend, his parents were kind enough and loving enough to actually give him uh, a bed and to help him with some furnishings. My parents were kind enough to give me money so that I could purchase the same. I chose to buy other things instead of furniture. <laughs> I owned a sleeping bag and uh, I had a pillow. And I thought, you know what? I can sleep on the floor of this nice flat. Uh, it was carpeted and it had a little cushioning. And uh, so for three or four months, I slept in a sleeping bag and on my my pillow that I owned on the floor. And I just want to share with you, uh, honestly, that uh, uh, that got old uh, after a while. Uh, so, you know, I really would love to be in a bed. I didn't have any money, though, so uh, I don't know if I share with you, but I, I was as poor as Job Sturkey. So, <laughs> but I had, I had friends. I had friends who, uh, as I got to know people in this new city, they realized that I was sleeping on the floor. And uh, they decided to help. So a friend of mine had a, had a mattress, a, a, quite a nice mattress, that uh, he was willing to sell to me for, um, for installment payments. So, but he was willing to give me the bed before I paid the bed off. That's how poor I was. So it was a used bed that I had to pay off, and I got it paid off in two months. I'll never forget setting that bed up, putting new sheets on, and hopping in on my first night of sleep. I'm telling you, it was amazing. Uh, upgraded. It was absolutely extraordinary. 
uh, to be sleeping in an actual bed. I know many of you probably can really relate to this story. <laughs> Maybe you've slept on the floor a big portion of your life. And actually getting into a mattress, a nice place to sleep, what an incredible thing. We've been upgraded. I was upgraded. I didn't think I was poor anymore. I was in my own bed. What an amazing thing. People, church, we have been upgraded if we are followers of Jesus Christ. We really have been upgraded. Uh, we are no longer the unchosen. Uh, more than your own mattress, we, we are children of God. Uh, we belong to him. Peter calls us priests, that we are not just priests, but royal priests, holy priests. Look in First Peter. It's on your paper. Peter says, put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants long for pure milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. To offer sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. For those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When Peter makes his big declaration sermon, you see this in Acts chapter 2, he closes everything off by saying that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now he's writing a letter to those who are followers of Christ, reminding them of the goodness of God. This is in his letters, the letters of Peter. He's saying, listen, I'm writing to you just to remind you. He says, uh, you have experienced all kinds of trials. The people he, were, he was writing to were in the midst of severe persecution. But he's saying, you've been faithful. Uh, when you read First uh, Peter 1, especially... Don't miss that Peter is actually writing and acknowledging what was already true in their lives. He also gave them uh, affirmation. He also told them what to do to help them to move on, to be better. But he said, this is what you've done. You've endured uh, hard trials. Uh, but you have done so with an inexpressible joy. Basically, what Peter is saying here, he's writing to people who are in the midst of severe persecution, but are living their lives with joy, they're living their lives with faithfulness, with love. They're actively following the Lord. They're obedient. They're holy. Uh, but he's saying uh, just a reminder, an affirmation of what they believe. You're priest. Don't forget that you're priest. Continue to be faithful to your God. That's really the context of his letters. He's saying, remember who you were and continue to be faithful. You are priest. Today, we want to talk about this idea of priesthood priesthood of the believer and who you are we've been upgraded and this upgrading is to become a priest for many of you when i say the word priest that you are a priest it it, it doesn't conjure up good things uh, maybe it's a, a 
you're wondering, what is that? I would love to understand what it means to truly be a priest and embrace this as a good thing. But right now, I don't know what images you have of priests and what experiences you have. But, but for many of us, we can't relate to this. We can relate to everything that's around the context of this verse. Look at verse 9 on your paper. You are a chosen race. We, can, we get that. For the most of we, oh, okay, we, we, we're special instead of being the last one picked on a soccer team. But then he goes on to say, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We can understand holy nation, right? A people of his own possession that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. We even get that. It's this idea that we are called to actually be proclaimers of the excellencies of God. We understand that. Verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. We understand that. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. It's the whole, for most of us, probably the idea of priesthood that evades us. Because we can't really connect it to anything in our past. Or maybe what you can connect it to in your past is not a positive thing. Understand that Peter is saying, first of all, that we're chosen, we're holy, we're royal, we belong to God. These are all wonderful, wonderful aspects of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Now he's saying we're priests. What does it mean? We need to go back to understand what he's understand how priest was set up in Scripture so that we understand what it means to be a priest as a follower of Jesus Christ. The priesthood was something that was, was brought to the people of God uh, in the day of Moses. Uh, it was around the idea of a person who would, chosen by God, purified by God, would bring sacrifices to the Lord on behalf of the people. This priest would be someone who had access to God, where others did not have access. A priest was someone who was allowed to come into the presence of God and make sacrifice on behalf of others. So a priest, that was his two main jobs. Given access, chosen by God, to come into God's presence, and then in the presence of God to make sacrifices on behalf of the sins of the people. So he was basically an intermitter. He was, a, he was the bridge between God and man. God used the priests and chose priests with specific duties. You can read the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and you can see how this was all played out uh, for the people of Israel. When Peter was writing uh, to uh, people who, uh, in, in his day, they would have understood this background and this context. Of, of the priest. You know Moses and Aaron, if you've uh, read the Bible, if you've heard any stories, you've heard their names before, they're not new to you. Aaron was chosen by God to be the priest who came into the presence of God before uh, the tabernacle. By the way, the, if, you've, uh, if you've watched uh, any movies, uh, maybe, of, of uh, the Marvel, have you watched Marvel movies, by the way? Any Marvel movies? No, I'm seeing people know we don't watch Marvel movies. Okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark, if you're my age, maybe you saw that movie. You've seen this picture of the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, but you can Google it. You can see this, this picture, representations of what the Bible describes. But it's, it's the Ark which uh, the presence of God stayed between the cherubim on top of the Ark. So the presence of God uh, hovered over this Ark. This ark, though, was placed into a room that was covered uh, in gold, uh, covered in, in very expensive curtains, uh, and there was this separation between the presence of God and the people. 
Aaron, who was chosen as God's priest, anointed and purified, Aaron and his family were chosen to be the ones who actually were able to go past the curtain into the presence of God, in the presence of the Ark of the Covenant, presence of God between the cherubim, and offer sacrifices. What, what we don't know, most of us do not understand and know, is that the presence of God was a terrifying thing. And that unless Aaron followed every single step correctly of purification, of the right incense to burn, there was the penalty possibility of death. Aaron knew this full well. He had four sons. Two of his sons had died because they burned the wrong fire in the Lord's presence. They were killed. And this idea of doing things properly and the right people, the chosen ones only to come into the presence of God was well known. The Old Testament gives us story after story of where the people of Israel blew it, stepped outside of God's directions, and they paid the price of coming to the presence of God in an inappropriate way. You had to be chosen specifically by God to come into his presence. Not everyone was chosen. And you had to be purified in a specific way to be able to come into his presence. Once you came into the presence of God as his priest, your job was to actually make intercession on behalf of the people for the forgiveness of sin. Numbers 3, verses 8 through 10 is a very clear, specific description of how this happened. I'll let you read it. But bottom line is, Aaron and his, and his siblings were chosen for this job. The Levites, uh, the tribe of Levi, were chosen to actually serve Aaron, the priest, and his sons in the work of the tabernacle. So they took care of the tabernacle works, whereas the priest actually offered up the incense and sacrifice uh, and came into the presence of God. So... Aaron and his family served the people of Israel by coming to the presence of God. The tribe of Levi served Aaron and the tabernacle as they came into the presence of God, also serving the people of Israel. Numbers chapter 16 tells us this incredible story that the, that the Levites wanted now to be also priests, to be able to burn incense, to come to the presence of God. They wanted the same job as Aaron. And this did not go over very well. Just a brief summary here of what happened. They made a statement, uh, frustrated with God, frustrated with Moses, frustrated with Aaron. They came and said, listen, we're all holy. We can all come to the presence of God. What separate, what, what differentiates between us and you? And so Moses said, okay, great. Well, then go get your, go get your bronze goblets and let's all, the 250, there were 250 of them, and you burn incense. And we will all stand before the Lord, and we'll see who God chooses. This did not go over very well. Aaron, who had already lost two sons because of doing things improperly, now is being confronted by the Levites. And Aaron is concerned for the Levites. Aaron realizes that what's about to happen is not going to be good. They beg God uh, to, to intervene, to help out. But... It doesn't go well at all. You can read the story for yourself, number 16. But bottom line is, because of improper burning of incense, because of approaching the Lord in an improper way, the ground opened up under the families, the instigators of this rebellion, and swallowed their tents, their families whole. 
And then, after the earth closed back up, uh, God uh, sent tongues of fire down and, and cleaned up the rest of the 250 who were burning incense improperly. If you're receiving a letter from Peter about being a royal priest, a holy priest, chosen, you know this story. You know that not anyone could come before the Father and survive. This was not something that just everyone was allowed to do. Not everyone was chosen to be priests. And those who tried to become priests outside of God's choosing paid a severe penalty. Korah, Dothan, all destroyed because they stepped outside of God's choosing, God's anointing, God's purification. Today, I don't know if we really have that kind of <laughs> deep respect about being in the presence of God. I can tell you as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I kind of take it for granted sometimes that I can just walk into the presence of holy God without the earth, you know, opening up and swallowing me whole. And, you know, I don't think about that every time I come before the Lord, that, that I'm, I'm missing out on being, you know, falling into an earthquake, a crack in the earth, or, or being licked up by fire uh, because of God's anger. But, but this is the God that we serve, is a, a terrifying God who is pure and holy. And the only one, the only way, the only thing, things and the only people who can come into his presence are people who have been purified. God hasn't changed since the days of Aaron and Moses. But the way we come to him has changed. And, and because of Jesus Christ, we are able to come into his presence. This is, this is radical. This is absolutely extraordinary and incredible. That because of what Jesus Christ has done, we are now priests. We are in the order of Aaron in many ways. is in that we can come before the Father uh, because we've been chosen. We can come before the Father because we've been purified. We can come into the presence of holy God without being destroyed because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. New Testament writers uh, make it so, so clear about the extraordinary uh, trumping priesthood of Jesus. Because of Jesus Christ, because he is a priest in a higher order than Aaron. Uh, Hebrews 7 calls him a priest in the order of Melchizedek who, was, who trumped Aaron, who trumped the Levites. It says it very clearly in Hebrews 7. He says, uh, if, if, if it's the priesthood of Levi or the priesthood of Aaron, then it would be imperfect. But because it's the priesthood of Jesus in the order of Melchizedek, we have a high priest who's paid for our sins once and for all. Jesus is the only one who was worthy to come into the presence of God. To make a sacrifice once for all time for mankind. So that we can also be called priests and come into the presence of God. It might help you just if we can summarize this, this idea of what it means to be a priest. Because of the intercession of Jesus Christ, because of what he's done, 
the sacrifice of his life on the cross, we now have access. Just like Aaron, Jesus paid an enormous price for us so that we could come into his presence. We now have access to the presence of God, to the terrifying presence of God because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Hebrews 7 makes this so, so clear that we have a high priest that we can count on. Dana read earlier uh, Hebrews uh, 4, but just that we can come to him with confidence uh, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. We can summarize this uh, in this way. We can say that a priest is one who has access to the Father. A priest is one who makes sacrifices. And a priest is one who actually proclaims the goodness of God. That's the bottom line. That's what it means to be a priest. Access. Extraordinary access. We know that when Jesus Christ was crucified, knowing the history now of all of the, 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 the blockades, whether it be the veil, the curtain, uh, sacrifices, whatever it was that was between us and the presence of God has been removed completely, has been pushed away. Matthew 27, and actually all the, the, the gospel writers, uh, talk about this, that when Jesus Christ was crucified on, uh, on the cross, that something else happened. Look at Matthew 27, verse 50, if you have it. It's not on your paper, but you can look it up. I'll read it to you. When Jesus shouted out and he released his spirit on the cross when he died, he was crucified. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So all of a sudden, this veil that separated people from the veil that separated people from the Holy of Holies, from the presence of God, was torn in two. And all of a sudden, people were able to come once again into the presence of God. The Roman officer who stood under the cross, who saw the earthquake, said, This man truly was the Son of God. The veil's been torn from top to bottom. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 16 through 18, uh, explains this even in more depth. Paul wrote, Whenever someone turns to the, to the Lord, the veil is taken away. We have access. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are, as we are changed into His glorious image. The veil has been removed. It's been, it's been torn from top to bottom. We have access and therefore, we are priests. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are priests. I hope the idea of being a priest is now a more positive and understood concept in your mind if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. We are a royal priesthood. We have access to the living God, the terrifying living God. We have access into his presence to find freedom, to find forgiveness, to find transformation. So what are the expectations as priests? We're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession. If we have access to the Father, it means that each of you in this room has the right and access to come to the Father yourself. You don't need Rico. You don't need Dana. You don't need me. You don't need 
possibly a, a priest who believes his job is to be the only intercessor between you and God. You don't need him. You can come directly to the presence of God. And you can speak to him directly. What an amazing thing. All of a sudden, we have access. God's expectation is because you can come to him, he expects you to come to him. The expectation is to come into the presence with confidence. Don't come to the presence of God in fear. Come to him with confidence because of what Christ has done on the cross. Now, instead of being afraid of the earth opening up and swallowing us whole, or, or being burned alive by fire, we can now come into the presence of God and He receives us because of what Christ has done on the cross. The expectation is, is that we would go to God ourselves. Each one of you who calls, as Peter said, each one of you who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. I don't call on the Lord on your behalf. I intercede for you and ask God to come and move you to his presence. But my goal in being a priest, my goal, my job, is to bring you so that you also can have the same access to God that I do. I'm not inviting you not to be a priest. I'm not inviting you to, to be something other than what God has called me to be. I'm inviting you to be a priest just like me, where you have access to God. And that you are invited to enjoy the presence of holy God. What an incredible thing. I don't want us to miss this morning. And if you're, if you're online, don't miss that we get to be in the presence of terrifying God without being destroyed. Wow. What an amazing thing. What do we do? Well, we don't go and try to find a goat or a sheep or a bull like Aaron did, right? We don't go to try to find incense to burn, to, to, to lift up a pleasing aroma to God. No, no, no. We offer ourselves now as living sacrifices. As priests, instead of sacrificing animals after animal, burning incense, we now become the sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is what Paul said. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God. You have access to God. Now you become the sacrifice. Lord, whatever you want to do with me, here I am. I give myself to you. As an acceptable sacrifice of God, only because Jesus Christ has made us acceptable, we now offer ourselves as holy, purified people because of what Jesus Christ has done. And we say, Lord, use me as a clean vessel. Use me as a pure and holy person to do your work. This living sacrifice moves us then into becoming proclaimers of his excellence. Uh, if you can see there uh, in the text, 1 Peter 2, verse, excuse me, uh, verse 9. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that 
you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're invited to serve in a much more spectacular way than Aaron the priest served. And that we come into the presence of God, we're allowed into the presence of God, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice on behalf, on behalf of the people so that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. We offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to proclaim the excellencies of Him. We have access. And as living sacrifices to God, we become the voice. We become the proclaimers of this beautiful good news of Christ. That is our job. That is our calling. It's interesting to me that Peter goes on, doesn't leave it just there about that you're chosen, you're special, you're there to proclaim the excellencies of, of God. But he says, you are, uh, don't forget, you are living as foreigners, as aliens, exiles, where you are today. He makes a point to say that, yes, you're chosen, you're special, you belong to God. In other words, you don't belong to this world. You don't belong to this culture. You are a new people, a new culture, and you need to live as guests in this place. We're invited as priests to live as guests here. How do we live? He gives very specific instructions if you keep reading in 1 Peter chapter 2. Look what it says in verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake. So because of God, for his sake, be subject to every human institution. Wow. Whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent to him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. How do we proclaim the excellencies of God? We respect the authorities that God has put in place in the countries and towns that we live in. We respect the laws of the land. We humble ourselves. And, and I would just, a little caveat here, we do this not because we think maybe that the government is correct or the leaders that we serve are right all the time. I would be willing to bet that most of us in this room do not agree with any government at any given time. If you agree with leadership 100% of the time, please talk to me afterwards. I would like to meet you. <laughs> we are invited to be proclaimers of the excellencies of God as priests. Not, not because governments and leaders are all right, but because we serve someone greater. We come into the presence of God and as His emissaries. We represent the goodness and kindness of God. And so we submit, we love, we respect the, the laws of the land and the leadership of the land. Hoping that maybe we could also be an example to them of the access that we have in Christ so that they also can have access. If you keep reading, Paul doesn't make it easy. I'm sorry, Peter does not make it easy. He says, servants, look at verse 18. Talk about slaves here. Servants, be subject to what? To your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. Now, Peter is not saying that slavery is good here, is he? Peter is saying, if you're a slave, submit to your masters, even if they're bad. Verse 19, for this is a gracious thing 
When mindful of God, one endures sorrow while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. Verse 21, for to this you have been what? Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Jesus committed no sins, but voluntarily submitted himself to unjust leadership, was crucified on a cross so that you and I could be saved. Wow. He's inviting you to imitate him. So we respect the leadership. We obey laws. Whatever your context is in, whether it's fair or unfair, we represent Christ as priest in that context. What does it mean to be a priest? It means that you have access to terrifying, loving God who's more powerful than any unjust leader you would ever be sitting under. Matter of fact, Jesus says, don't fear them, fear God, who has power over life and death. And function in this world as a living sacrifice, not to this world, but a living sacrifice to Jesus Christ. In his service, to be a witness and a testimony in this corrupt, broken world. Look, I can't wait to be in the presence of God. I belong to Him. He's my people. He's my country. But I'm living here now. And I'm invited to be His ambassador, to be His witness, because I have access to God. I'm a priest. I'm a priest. You are a priest if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. What does it mean for you to be a priest? As you think about your role, each of you as a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a royal, holy priest. What's your job? What is our job as New Song Family Church, as a royal priesthood? What is God calling us to do? Maybe it's greater humility in the face of, of unjust. Maybe it's, it's actually going the speed limit. I don't know. Maybe it's not cursing out a taxi driver when you're driving. Don't curse taxi drivers out anyway, guys. They're just trying to do their job. I don't know what God is calling you to do. But I do know God is calling you to be holy and royal priest. He's calling me to do the same. Oh, what a privilege it is to have access to God. What a great salvation. That's what Peter's saying here. So we have a great salvation. Stand firm. Keep going. Keep serving God because of the great salvation we have in Jesus Christ. It really is worth it to continue to carry on. This world we're living in right now is a difficult place to be. Whether it's politics, whether it's your family, whether it's your work or no work, our economy, uh, there's a long list of 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 things we could say, man, this world really stinks. COVID is on a huge climb right now in this country. Every day, more people are dying. Uh, 
You know that. But Jesus Christ still saves. We are his chosen people. We have access. And this earth here is temporary. What's coming is great. Let us be active because of our great salvation, because of the access we have. Let us be actively operating as his priests in the context of this world. And let's see how we can be that bridge builder between God and those who are hurting around us. God is calling us to serve them as priests, to walk them into the presence of God so they too can find the joy in spite of this world that we have. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord, that uh, you've called us to be priests. Lord, this morning we ask for you to remind us of the beauty it is to be in your presence. Lord, remind us, as Peter did, Lord, of, the, of how great our salvation really is. Lord, thank you that we can come into your presence without being smitten, without being destroyed. And we can find life in your presence because of Jesus. Oh, Lord, help us to be faithful as your priest, to be bridge builders to a lost world. We love you and we praise you for the, the privilege it is to be able to come into your presence, Father. It's in your name I pray. Amen. This is Rico Veca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today. And it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.